Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? Hey, it's Coach Freddie. I'm here in Georgia, just outside of uh, south of Atlanta. I'm here with Chris, and he has uh, he's starting an organic farm. So, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, Coach Freddie. How you doing today? Oh, fantastic here. So we're out in your farm here in this one greenhouse you started here. Now, what, what do you got growing here? Uh, in this greenhouse, we got cucumbers growing up around the sides. We have uh, zucchini, an heirloom variety of Italian zucchini. We have kale, collard greens, um, also have some Brussels sprouts in here, I'm growing blackberries, just finishing, just finished a harvest of turnips and beets for some local restaurants, and then I'm also growing some Swiss chard for a couple local restaurants. All right, good. So, how, uh, so does your farm have a name here? Well, this is a concept farm, so I'm actually leasing this property, so I'm calling this the Southside Farm Club. Okay, so Southside Farm Club, I like it. <laughs> so I'm hoping to replicate the same farm model in a couple other areas. Okay. So this is your first uh, uh, first grow here in this one greenhouse. Yep. First season in this greenhouse. And I was attempting in this greenhouse to produce enough variety and enough quantity to kind of meet the demands of like bigger restaurant orders versus just doing a small market garden where I was just selling to local customers. Okay. And eventually I hope to kind of... Get it under control where I can, you know, have a good estimate for how many customers I can support through a CSA program with a greenhouse this size. Okay. And so you have all these varieties. Now, this is just one of how many greenhouses? So there's eight hoop houses that are here. They're each uh, 30 feet by 150 feet. Okay. And this property used to be a landscape nursery. So they used to grow trees and shrubs and plants for the landscape industry. And it went under, and it sat idle for probably a good 10 years. And then somebody came, and they attempted to do a farm with it. Uh, they tried one season. It didn't work out too well. And then I leased that property three years later. And so I'm trying to get all these greenhouses kind of fixed up to where I can use them again. Um, okay. Right now, we got about five of them in production. Okay, awesome. Two of them are covered, and then the other three I'll be covering later on um, in the fall. Um, right now, it's just too hot to cover any more greenhouses because they have to run fans in them to keep them cool. Okay. Okay, we just came over, and this this uh, is not covered yet. But what are you grow? What are you planting in here? All right. So inside the frame of this hoop house, we're planting uh, watermelons and pumpkins, some heirloom pumpkins, and then I'm also planting uh, red peppers. Okay. And then uh, I also planted hops in here uh, with the intention of getting the hops to actually grow up on the hoop house and eventually covering a good part of the hoop house, providing shade to some of the plants beneath. And then with the watermelons and with the squash, I hope they're going to actually shade out the soil and kind of keep this hoop house a little bit cooler for the hops. It's a big experiment to see if it's going to grow well in the Georgia heat. Okay, so you're going to be doing some uh, uh, selling to some restaurants. 
and uh, a farmer's market. So now you have some some deals going with some uh, a restaurant or two, right? Yeah, there's a restaurant that's about to open up, and I'm working directly with the owner and the chef of that restaurant, and they want to base their majority of their menu off of what's coming directly off this farm. Oh, that's and awesome. And so they're willing to change their menu uh, monthly in order to do that to kind of uh, so we can do the most seasonal kind of local organic produce possible for their customers there. And then I'm also doing a farmer's market, and I go to, to that market every other weekend and what i like about that market is on saturday and sunday so okay people have two days to come out and see you sometimes they'll buy your produce one day and come back the next day and want to buy more yeah um so that's kind of where i'm starting off at and then eventually you know take on some more restaurants and 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 go from there yeah this is awesome so this all organic all organic okay yep so how what do you do you have to do anything to prepare the soil to be organic or what's the deal yeah so this is georgia so we're dealing with just hard pan georgia red clay so in order to build this soil up um i come through with a broad fork and i broad fork the the rows a few times to break up the soil and then I start adding uh sand and granite rock dust to the soil okay to uh to add some coarseness to it and then to help kind of remineralize the soil as well and then the next thing I usually add is uh, organic compost uh, to the soil, and then I add wood chips as well. Okay. And then the so the clay has a tendency once it gets hot, it just wants to just harden over and get real tough. So it's really hard soil to work with. So what I do is I try and keep the soil completely covered um, if I'm not actively planting something in it or doing something with it. So all my beds are covered with a uh, it's a recycled woven black plastic material um and it's good for you know two decades at least it'll last a really long time oh, okay so i can keep reusing, reusing this plastic over and over and over again and what i like to do is just keep it down on the same beds and use it for multiple seasons so uh, tell me a little bit about how you got this starting and where your funding came from and i know that the, you put a lot of your own money into this so tell us about that journey so um I started this roughly right about the same time I graduated from college. I went to the University of Georgia and studied agribusiness there, which is a bachelor's of science and then a business degree kind of combined in two. And I went and did a couple internships out in California, and then I ended up staying out there and working for about eight months on a couple of different farms out there. And then I came back to Georgia and leased this property. Um, and worked out with the owner to not have to pay anything on the lease for the for the first year while I was getting set up and then I basically work part-time with the movie industry so I'll go work on a movie or a film production um, for you know two three months and then I'll come back and I'll put all the money I save from doing that back into the farm and building it out and now I'd say a good 18 months into it I'm finally at the stage where the farm starting to you know produce income on a regular weekly basis where it's kind of paying me back for the hard work I've been doing out here before yeah so as the crops mature and get ready to pick then you go to farmers markets yeah. and stuff like that okay go to farmers markets uh, go to the restaurants and I've, I'm doing that now and then a lot of times what I do is I just float myself with my supplies with a couple of credit cards and I'll try and get through the summer um, when money's tight and then usually come around fall when 
Um, I'm actually harvesting and taking my stuff to places I can pay off my credit cards. But uh, slowly but surely, it's coming along. Well, that's the entrepreneurship, man. You start off on a shoestring, but once you get it going, it could be uh, very, very lucrative down here. Yeah, and I'm building all the greenhouses out pretty much by myself. A lot of it's with scrap lumber and material that's either on this property or I've taken from uh, demolitions on construction sites. And I've saved a ton of money doing it that way. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer because you got to spend just as much time getting supplies together versus just going and buying them. But uh, I'm not in debt, which is pretty good for a farmer. And, yeah. uh, and very good. <laughs> and I think at this rate, I can kind of keep I can keep trucking along without having to take on a whole lot of debt in order to keep the, the scaling up the farm a little bit each season. So th we're in this part called, you call it the nursery, right? Yeah, I call this the nursery. It was a hoop house that was full of abandoned tables and probably, you know, two, three thousand, you know, one gallon plastic pots. There was plastic, polyplastic from the other greenhouses all piled up in here. And it's just an absolute mess. Uh, and so... I've cleared all of it out. I've set up very functional tables going along both sides of it and put irrigation uh, coming down from above. And I use this area um, for propagation. This is where I started all my plants and all of my transplants that go into the other bigger greenhouses. Um, when I do my cuttings, they usually come in here and I start propagating some of the bushes um, in this section. And I put shade cloth up over the top of it to kind of cool it off. So I have yeah, this is much cooler than the other one. And yeah. and it's divided up into like four sections, really three sections. So one section of the greenhouse is getting full sun. It's fully blasted. Um, and then the middle section is covered with this huge, you know, 50-foot section of shade cloth. So that middle of the greenhouse stays a lot cooler. And then on the end, on the far end of the nursery, that's where the newest plants are coming out, the, the baby plants and all the sprouts and the transplants. And then that gets sun, but then the shade coming from the middle of it help, helps kind of keep it cool. So I'm kind of messing with a passive solar shade cloth uh, designed for this greenhouse so I don't have to spend as much money running fans in here. Okay. Now, what you got these, uh, these stones. It's like a uh, looks like a big pond that you're going to start here. What is that? Um, so I, I had a friend who no longer wanted a bunch of retaining wall stones there in his backyard, so I offered to take them off his hands. And... Uh, you're right, it looks like a pond, but it's not for any type of aquaponics experiment at all. This is actually going to be for just a little wading pond or a plunge pond for hot days on the farm. Okay. But we're going to keep it inside the greenhouse so it's shaded and it's still nice and cool. All right, so it is going to be a little kind of wading pool. Yeah, a little yep. wading pool. All right, cool. Yep. So, Chris, uh, you have some these goji berries here, huh? Correct. How did you get the? I know they're kind of a superfood right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, so tell me about them. Uh, so they are a uh, uh, superfood. They're really, really high in uh, mineral content and antioxidants and phytonutrients. And it's funny because when you eat them fresh, they just taste like a multivitamin with the faint taste of a raspberry. Oh, yeah. They got the kind of chalky, real mineral taste to them. Um, and so I planted a few in my backyard at my house and let them kind of naturalize over a few years. And then I dug a couple of those up and brought them out here and tried them in containers in the greenhouse last year. And they did really well, so I started propagating them and taking cuttings of them. And I'm actually going to see if I could get them to grow on a larger scale, maybe possibly do a commercial scale goji berry farm here in Georgia. 
Fantastic. Well, you're the first goji berry farmer I've ever met. So anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to come back in the fall when the harvest is ready. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today and make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host. Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.